0: And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. I want to talk to you today about
1: the greatest rescue of all time. You know, October 13th, 2010 is a date that for most of us in this room probably didn't mean a whole lot. But for 33 miners from Chile, it's a day that they will never forget. You see, 68 days earlier, these 33 men were going about their own day like every other day in their lives. Trying to work, trying to make a living to be able to support their families when the unthinkable happened in their life. The 120-year-old gold and copper mine that they were working in collapsed, and they were trapped over 2,000 feet below the surface. That's almost seven football fields below the surface. And for 17 days of their 68-day ordeal, their diet consisted of two teaspoons of tuna, half a cookie, and a few sips of expired milk. And they would get to enjoy that meal once every two days. For these 33 men and their families, there appeared to be absolutely no hope of survival. You know, I don't know about your life. I don't know if you've ever been in a a season of your life where it just felt like there was little hope. It just felt like... The walls were pressing in. The, the weight of the decisions that you had to make about your life and your future were just so heavy that it felt like there was no way out. And, and I think of this group of men and, and I think of their family members who, who gathered around hoping for a miracle, hoping that something would change, that a miracle would happen. And for the first 17 days that they were trapped underground, There was absolutely no communication whatsoever. Nobody even knew if they were dead or alive. The only option for rescue was to drill a hole to the rescue chamber in hopes of pulling them up through it. First, they had to drill a hole the size of a grapefruit over 2,000 feet below the ground with the hope of hitting a target the size of a one-bedroom studio apartment. The first try targeted to where the miners were believed to be missed, but to make matters even more discouraging for the miners, it didn't miss by a whole lot. You see, it was close enough that the trapped miners could actually hear the noise of the drill. And they recall that day as being the darkest day of their lives because they thought that they would be rescued But they weren't. And they said that 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 moment in their life felt like their prayers would never be answered. You know, I've gone through some difficulties in my life. I've gone through some seasons in my life before I came to know Christ and even after I came to know Christ. Some seasons where I prayed and prayed. Some seasons where I felt like there was no way of escape. Seasons where I thought God would never come through. And my guess is, is that you've been through some seasons like that in your own life. And I think of these miners that it it had to be a thousand times even worse, the hunger and the anxiety, the illness becoming nearly unmanageable. But three days later, on the rescuer's second try, they hit their mark. Scientists say that it was a rock at just the right spot that went at exactly the right angle that caused the drill to hit such a small target that far underground. Survivors say that when the drill punched through, that the men went crazy. You could imagine. They started dancing everywhere and they started hugging on to that grapefruit-sized drill, so much so that they had to begin to pull the men off the drill bit because they wouldn't let go. But check this out, for 51 more days. 51 more days. Like, think of the emotion that these guys had to feel when the drill bit comes through, but yet waiting 51 more days while the crew above ground worked at boring a new hole that would only be shoulder width wide. So they could lower a custom-designed capsule down to rescue them. Kind of like this this picture up here. For these 33 men raging in age from 19 to 63, it took them 16 minutes each in a shoulder-wide capsule, climbing over 2,000 feet in pure darkness and eerie quietness to experience the greatest underground rescue of all time which later inspired the movie 33 and here we've got a picture of the guys after they've been rescued notice the sunglasses from having to be down in underground with no sunshine for so long and And I think of that story and I think about the things that they went through and the emotions that they experienced and the roller coaster of those emotions when they get super excited when the drill bit comes through. But then the things that had to be going through their mind for those 51 days afterwards and I can't help but to see the parallel between what they experienced and oftentimes what we experience in our own lives. I mean, for those miners that day, they were stuck in a dark, impossible situation. And without the help of the rescuers up top, they were doomed and facing a horrific death. And we too are stuck in a dark and impossible situation. It's our sin. And as much as we want to escape it, as much as we want to get away from it, as much as we want to move on and live a better life, we can't do that on our own. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, that everyone has sinned. Everyone has sinned, that we've all fallen short of God's glorious standard, that every single one of us, even your grandma that you've been looking up to for years, thinking she had it all together, the Bible says even she sinned. Even she's fallen short. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, we see the result in our lives because of that sin. It says that for the wages of sin is death. You know, many of us have jobs, and when we go and we work, we get a wage for the work that we've done. And what Paul is saying here is there is a wage that we receive for the sin that we live in in our lives that when we choose to live a lifestyle of sin, to allow it to constantly be a part of our lives, that the wage that we get for that is eternal death. And friend, check this out. That's the bad news. But the good news is this, is that later on in that verse, it says, but, and I love that in my Bible, I've got that word circled, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. In other words, there is an alternative. There's an alternative to the kind of life that we experience, where our lives, where death is is due to the sin of something. It's something that we earn in our life because of the way we live our life. There is this free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ that's something that is freely given to you and I, you see, it's because of God's unending love for you and his unending love for me that, that God launched the greatest rescue operation of all time. The greatest rescue operation of all time on that first Good Friday when Jesus went to the cross and that rescue operation was deemed successful on that first Easter Sunday when Jesus emerged victorious, holding the keys to death, hell, In the grave. Friend, for Easter, there's so much about Easter. You know, the idea of of we all go to church and we get new clothes and all that stuff is great. We, We do that in our family. But beneath the surface of that lies a moment in time that Jesus experienced the worst that earth had to offer so that you and I could experience the best that heaven had to offer. I call that the great exchange, that you and I have nothing to give but Jesus, dying on the cross and raising again, has given us this free life that we can experience the best of heaven and the best God has for us here on earth. as a result of this free gift, you and I, we have this opportunity, this amazing opportunity to, to be rescued from from really two dangers in life the first one is an evil world and we see this around us everywhere wars and terrorist attacks and school shootings and abuse and sex trafficking and acts of violence towards one another and so much more and in galatians chapter 1 verse 4 it says that jesus gave his life for our sins Just as God our Father planned, look at this, in order to rescue us from the evil world in which we live. But you know, I think that sometimes the biggest danger in our lives isn't the evil world. It isn't looking out, but it's looking in. And I know in my journey uh, before knowing Christ and after knowing Christ that the biggest danger to me has been me. And this rescue operation that God has sent has given us an opportunity to rescue us from ourselves. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 says the behavior of the self-life is obvious. The, the self-life, meaning the life when we're kind of calling the shots for ourselves, we're living our own way, the way that we want to do things. It says that that, that kind of life is obvious, sexual immorality and lustful thoughts and pornography and chasing after things instead of God and manipulating others and hatred of those who get in your way and senseless arguments and resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums and angry quarrels and only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, and uncontrolled addictions and wild parties and and all other similar behaviors. And Paul says this, he says, haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these kind of things that they will not inherit the kingdom realm of God. And so my desire, my heart for you today is that you too, like I did, In 1997, we'll experience the greatest rescue mission of all time. And if you're going to experience that, four things need to happen. The first one is this, is that you've got to acknowledge that you need rescued. You've got to acknowledge that you need rescued. I mean, imagine these 33 miners. if they would have said, ah, we're good down here, don't worry about it, we'd like it. Down here, it's a slower pace, less responsibility. And then what about this one? Ah, we don't even believe that we're stuck. I mean, wouldn't that be crazy? That'd be crazy. I mean, think of that Roman scripture that we had read, that we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of God's standard, and therefore we are all facing this horrible, eternal death unless we allow God. To rescue us listen whether you realize it or not we're all in need of a rescue but before we can experience the rescue we've got to first acknowledge that we need it but secondly we've got to understand that we can't save ourselves and no matter how hard we try no matter what we do no matter how many youth um, basketball teams or baseball teams that we choose to coach no matter how much we volunteer in the community no matter how how good of a person we are we can't save ourselves in psalm 62 verse 1 says i stand silently before the lord waiting for him to rescue me for salvation comes from him alone You know, the truth is, is that there's some things in our life. that There are some things in our life that we can change on our own, but, but there's also some things in our life that we can't change without God's help. And our eternal destination, folks, is one of them. In Psalm 49, it says, there's no such thing as self-rescue, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. <laughs> the cost of rescue is, It's beyond our means. It's beyond our means. I mean, can you imagine these miners? Can you imagine if their rescue was dependent upon their ability to be able to pay for the rescue? That rescue cost almost $20 million. There's no way that they could have rescued themselves. There's no way that they could have paid someone to rescue them. It was beyond their ability to pay. And guess what? When it comes to our need to be rescued, it's beyond our ability to pay too. And so we got to be able to acknowledge that we need rescued and understand that we can't save ourselves. And third, we've got we to ask Jesus to save us. Romans 10 verse 9 says that if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead that you will be saved you will be rescued I love what it says in Psalm 91 that when they call on me I will answer that I will be with them in trouble that I will rescue them and honor them. I love that. God says, not only am I going to rescue them, but I'm also going to honor them. And in verse 16, he says, I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. In other words, God gives us this exchange for our nasty, ugly, dirty life for eternity with him and this amazing life that we get to experience here on earth. And then finally, if we're gonna experience the greatest rescue of all time in our own lives, we've got to commit our lives to His ways. And friends, this is the hardest one. I think this is the hardest one because it's easy for us to to look around our world and to recognize that that it's a dark place. We get that there's nothing that, that we can really do to escape that. We're even cool for the most part asking for help but to commit our lives to God that's the hard one I mean I think of those miners I mean in order for them to get rescued they had to commit their lives to the process of being rescued they had to put their lives in the hands of those who were were doing the rescuing They couldn't get rescued if they weren't willing to do what the rescuers were asking of them. It had to be all or nothing. And it reminds me of this verse in Psalm 37, 5 that says, commit everything. Commit everything that you do to the Lord. The psalmist didn't say some things. The psalmist didn't say the things that we're comfortable with. The psalmist said, commit everything you do to the Lord. And... And trust Him. Trust Him and He will help you. And for some of you here today, my guess is is that that maybe this last one of committing your life, totally committing your life, has been one that you've struggled with for all of your life. I love what, what Mario said. He was one of the miners That got rescued that day. He said, I've been with God. This is on, as he came out of the hole and was rescued, he made this statement I have been with God and I've been with the devil. They both fought for me. God won. And he said, I seized the hand of God. Friend, that's what Easter is all about. Easter is all about that moment in time when, when God chose to fight for you and he chose to fight for your future. When Jesus died on the cross in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, it says that he himself bore our sins and his body on the tree. And he did it that we might die to sin and to live to Righteousness. Look at that beautiful exchange, die to sin and live to righteousness. And I love this verse because it shows us that Jesus didn't just rescue us from our sin, but he rescued us for a better life. He he rescued us so that we could experience the amazing eternity with him, but he also rescued us so that we could experience his blessing right here on earth. You see, on October 13, 2010, the difference between those miners dying where they were and receiving the rescue from above was their decision to step into the capsule. Each miner had to leave behind them the darkness in order to exchange it for the promise of life. That it had to be a daring Decision for them to make because they could have died on the way up, but they had to trust the rescuers. You know, in 1997, in January of that year, I was a college student, living in the party scene nearly addicted to alcohol and drugs, selling drugs, the whole lifestyle, like the whole, whole party scene, college party scene. And one Wednesday night in January of 1997, I had an encounter with God. It was one of those encounters with God where I recognized that God truly does exist. And I could feel this kind of moment like the darkness of my life and in the inside and in the darkness and I could sense the light and I could sense the hands of the Father just inviting me into this amazing journey with Him. And it was an encounter in my life that radically changed my life. But four things had to happen in my life, In order for me to truly experience that rescue, I had to come to a place where I acknowledged that in my life I was headed down the wrong direction, that I was going the wrong way, that God had a better way for me to go in my life, and then I had to understand that that it wasn't about me trying to quit on my own, it wasn't about me trying to quit the drugs or me trying to quit the drinking, That, that it wasn't about me that none of that stuff, none of my my good deeds would erase the sin in my life. I had to have a moment that I looked up to God and I asked Him to come into my heart. An invitation, folks, that would change not just my life, but my entire family tree. A decision that That would allow my kids to be able to be raised in a home that, in a positive influence home, and a home that they could become all that God had designed for them to be. But the hardest decision that I had to make that day, and for weeks and weeks and weeks to come, and friend, it's a decision that I have to make every day of my life now, was to commit everything. I think so many times we have a moment, we have an encounter with God. Maybe we raise our hand, maybe we pray a prayer, and and it's an amazing moment, like a moment in time. and, And then we walk out the doors, or we leave wherever that is, and we go about living our life the way that we lived it before that moment. Friend, God didn't send His Son just to rescue you from sin for eternity. He sent His Son to rescue you to a better and blessed life here on earth. That Scripture says that He wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ever ask or think. Like, we have no idea. We can't even fathom or dream up what God has for us. But the missing ingredient in our life that keeps us from experiencing that Is the choice to commit everything. To quit being the leader for our own life and allow God to be the leader, to allow Him to be the one to call the shots. You know, my guess is, is especially in the kind of year that we've had, in everything that you've had to walk through, everything that you've had to, to deal with, that maybe you've gone through a period of time where you've quit committing everything. And God the Father today on this Easter Sunday who sent His Son, who experienced the worst that earth had to offer so that you could experience the best that heaven had to offer is inviting you this morning into the greatest rescue operation Of all time. A rescue operation that can heal your marriage, can heal your broken relationships, it can free you from the addictions that keep pulling you further and further away from the Lord. Today, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day. God is inviting you into a resurrection in your own life. Would you mind bowing your head and closing your eyes in this moment? Those of you that are watching downstairs and overflow in the cafe, join us in this moment and just bow your head and close your eyes. And maybe there's some of you here today that's you that you feel so distanced from God you feel this kind of darkness in your life and and in this moment you're kind of sensing this this stirring I know when it was me my hands got sweaty my heart rate started to increase and maybe that's you this morning friend that is the Holy Spirit's invitation to a better life. And it starts with a prayer of inviting Jesus into your life and committing yourself to Him. And I want to lead you in that prayer this morning with every head bowed and eye closed, if that's you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to point you out. It's between you and God, but right there where you're sitting. Even if you're down in in the cafe in the overflow, just slip your hand up for just a second. It's It's a declaration between you and God, saying, God, I need rescued. God, I need rescued. That I'm ready to stop living life my way and to receive all that you have for us. Yeah, hands everywhere. you raised your hand today I want you to repeat this prayer with me and church family repeat it with us out loud as well thank you Jesus for dying for my sins I surrender my life to you forgive me change me come live inside of me and with all of my heart I'm gonna live for you, in Jesus' name, amen. Church, would you help me congratulate those today that have prayed that prayer? Friend, listen to me. If that's you today, that prayer today is not the finish line in your journey with God, it's the starting line. And at the end of the service today, our ushers and our, our, our prayer team is going to be up here in the front. And and I want to invite you, don't walk out these doors and live life the way that you're living it coming in. I stand before you as a testimony of what God can do in a life that's fully committed to Him. You see me as a pastor. You see me, uh, you probably think I've got it all together and I don't. And Nobody say amen at the time. I I get it. I get it. But you know what I see up here? I see a product of a broken home. I see a mother, a kid of a mother who was in and out of prison, a drug addict, prostitution. I see a father who's a drug addict, an alcoholic. I see a kid who experienced that stuff himself in his own life. I see a guy who smoked and drank so much that it was almost like a six finger on my hand. You see a pastor. I see a transformed life. And friend, God wants to do that in your life too. But hear my heart. It's not just a prayer and go about your own ways. It's a prayer in committing your life to the Lord. And I'm telling you what, I'm living the best life I could have ever imagined living, and you can too if you'll just choose to commit everything to Him. So please don't slip out these doors without speaking to one of our prayer team members up here after the service. They're also gonna be available if you just want somebody to pray with you. Maybe you're walking through some difficulty, maybe there's some things that you're facing in your life and you just, you know, you just need somebody to encourage you. You need somebody to to pray with you. They're available up here at the end of the service as well. And and just a reminder to those of you that are here for the first time, make sure you stop by guest services on your way out. If you're downstairs and in the cafe. Uh, there's a guest service area down there that you can stop by, and they can do everything that we can do up here. So make sure that you do that. Listen, at the end of the service today, we're going to go out here in the back, and we're going to have a little bit of fun watching our little kiddos go egg hunting. And so, if you've got kids that are in Kid Venture today after the service, I want to encourage you to go and check them out first, and then. Um, our greeters will, will escort you. They'll show you where to go. Um, It's the field out here to my right, to your left. And so if you parked up here, you can go out these doors and walk around. It's not a long walk at all. And uh, we're going to go out there and we're going to cheer our little kiddos on as they go um, scavenging the field for Easter eggs. And uh, listen, if you're a parent, um, this is a big moment, big opportunity for you because you want them to get as many eggs as they can, right? Because at bedtime, you get to sneak in there and get a little for your own. So I got three kids. I know what that's like. So um, so make sure you take them down there. If you don't have kids, if they're all grown up, come out there and let's have a good time. It only lasts about 20, 30 minutes at the most. It's divided up by age groups. Um, so the younger kids don't get don't get trucked on their way to get uh, to get some eggs. So make sure you come be a part of that with us. Well, um, lastly, before we go, uh, we're going to prepare our hearts to worship the Lord today with our tithes and offerings. And you'll see a slide up here on the screens, ways that you can give. There's offering envelopes in the seat back in front of you if if that's how you would like to give. And there's uh, black boxes on the walls. Uh, As you leave, but I was thinking today, with today's topic, I thought a fitting verse was in Psalm 116, verse 12. Here's what the psalmist said What can I offer the Lord for all that he's done for me? I can hear the emotion, the raw emotion coming out. What can I offer? the Lord for all that he has done for me. In other words, how could I ever resist giving to you, God, when you didn't resist giving to me? Friend, giving is not just something that, it's not something we have to do. It's something we get to do out of a response of the gratitude of all that God has done for us. And so you'll see ways you can give Give as God places on your heart. And I know he's going to bless you for that. Why don't you stand with me today? I want to pray over that. And then our team's going to sing us out with one more song. Father, I thank you for sending your son. I thank you for what today represents a resurrection in our own lives. Lord, I pray that today, God, that you would be with us. Lord, I pray as we give, Lord, that you would multiply it in our life in the life of this church, that we may accomplish all that you've called us to. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth, and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.